0: you'll usually see sitting in the stand somewhere the coach of the team that's playing against one of those teams next week. The coach is there checking out the opponent, looking at their strategy so that they can form their own strategy. He's there to check up on the opposition. This week as we head towards the NRL uh, grand final and the AFL grand finals... There will be training sessions where the fans can come along and watch but there will be closed training sessions, sessions behind closed doors so that each other's opponent can't see their strategy and know what is going on. Well in the Christian life we have got to know our opposition. We have got to know the enemy and Revelation 12 and 13 are here so that we might know the enemy. We looked at Revelation 12 last week, it gives us a right perspective on the enemy. We see in Revelation 12 that Jesus has victory over the devil by his death and resurrection. The devil has been defeated in heaven and now the devil is on the earth causing as much havoc as he can. But we, knowing that Jesus has defeated the devil, we are then able to employ our strategy, the Ephesians 6 strategy of resisting the devil, uh, as Chris led us in prayer as well, that we might be putting on the armour of God. Now, Revelation 13 gives us a vision into the strategy of the devil, so that we might know our enemy, that we might know our opponent, that we might be expectant of what he's up to, so that we might be unsurprised by the things that the devil might do and as a result we might maintain steady endurance with Jesus. In Revelation 13 we see three strategies of the devil. In verses 1 to 4 we see that the devil impersonates Jesus. In verses 5 to 10, we see that the devil slanders and persecutes those who follow Jesus. In verses 11 to 18, we see that the other strategy of the devil is to deceive. Along the way, in Revelation 13, we see the wrong response that the world makes to the devil and we see the right response of those who belong to Jesus. So in verses 1 to 4, we see one of the strategies of the devil is to cause havoc by impersonating Jesus. We see this in the vision of the beast that the dragon summons up out of the sea. And now the beast here is a, 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 a servant of the devil. Uh, could be any human leader or ruler or government, anyone who hates God and tries to turn others away from God. And let's just see the way in which this beast impersonates Jesus. Firstly, it looks like it has rule and authority, verse 1. It has horns and crowns, signs of authority, signs of rule. But the name on its head is not the name that is above all names. It's not the name that is given under heaven by which men and women are saved. That name belongs to Jesus. This name is a blasphemous name. This beast grasps after something that it cannot have. Another way in which the beast impersonates Jesus is that we see the authority that the beast has has been given to it by the dragon, by the devil. Just like God the Father gives authority to Jesus the Son. But as Psalm 2 uh, reminds us, it says that uh, no human ruler can give or take authority, that is not Jesus' authority. No human ruler can give or take authority away from Jesus. The beast attempts to impersonate Jesus here. Thirdly, we see that there's something different about the beast. one of the beast's heads in verse 3. Children, you're carefully uh, drawing your pictures uh, of the beast, what is different about one of the beast's heads? Throw your hand up and... Yep. Okay, one one of the heads on the beast has a healed wound. you want to run down and grab a prize? Okay, what is different about one of the beast's heads is that it has a wound that has been healed, reminding us that Jesus has inflicted a wound onto this beast by his death... But here, this description, the beast is imitating the slain lamb. It's trying to look like one who's carrying an injury, uh, like Jesus is as the, as, the, as the slain lamb. They have that appearance, that imitation of Jesus. But it's an impersonation. Uh, in earlier visions into heaven, we saw the creatures and the beasts around the throne. Those creatures and beasts were pointing away from themselves, weren't they? They, they, they were giving all glory and honor and praise to the lamb that was on the throne, Revelation 4 and 5. But this beast seeks to draw attention to itself so that the world is led to the wrong response. We see the wrong response in verses 3 to 4. Uh, children, again, how did the world and the people respond to the dragon and the beast in verses 3 and 4? You've underlined something there in that verse. How did the world and people respond? I can see a green sleeve hand. Yep, how did the people respond? Worshipped it. Great reading. Do you want to come down and grab a prize? So, the wrong response is to worship the beast. One strategy of the enemy, of the devil, is to impersonate Jesus, to draw people to worship him. Now, another strategy is more aggressive than impersonating Jesus. It's to slander and persecute. And so looking in verse 5 now, we read, "'The beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies "'and to exercise his authority for 42 months.' And that 42 months is a a symbolic number for this period now between Jesus' ascension and Jesus' return. And verse 6, the beast opened his mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. One of the strategies of the beast, of the enemy, is to, to slander or to blaspheme. Now, children, you have there on your page a whole bunch of Uh, list of words some of them mean the same as blaspheme and some of them mean the opposite I think we've got them here Uh, put your hand up if you'd like to yell out one of the words that means the same as blaspheme or slander I'll be quick with prizes you'll need to catch as well that's one of the strategies of the enemy that's verses five and six but we also see that the enemy persecutes so in verse seven He was given power to make war. In verse 10, we see that the enemy will cause people to go into captivity, into prison. We also see in verse 10 that some are killed by the sword. But while this is a strategy of the enemy, the beast can't do this on its own. So human rulers and leaders are not able to freely cause havoc according to their own agenda. Now the next question there for the children is to ask uh, how many times do the words give, gave or given appear in Revelation 13? Has anyone turned over to the back and counted up how many times give, gave and given appear in the thing? Eight, that's the one. One of the words that comes up repeatedly here in Revelation 13 is give, gave, given. The beast doesn't take things for itself but is given. Uh, So let's have a look at verse 5. The beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies. Verse 7, the beast was given power to make war against the saints and to conquer them. It is God who enables the beast to do this. It is God who gives this ability. God is so in control of his universe and eternity that he doesn't let the enemy rage outside the bounds that he has set. So much so that God can surely guard and protect those who belong to him. See verse 8? While the beast is doing all these things, verse 8, all inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast, all whose names have not been written in the book of life, belonging to the lamb that was slain from the creation of the world. God will protect and keep as his own those who belong to the lamb. And so the wrong response? I'll take a hand from the children. How did the inhabitants of the earth respond to the beast in verse 8? They worshipped. Okay, again, another wrong response. As the strategy of the devil, the enemy is to slander and persecute the world will worship. But in verses 9 and 10, we see the right response. Verse 9, he who has an ear, let him hear. We've heard that phrase a few times in Revelation. Those who belong to Jesus will listen. Verse 10, if anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity he will go. If anyone is to be killed with the sword, with the sword he'll be killed. This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of the saints. The saints are all who belong to Jesus. They're the Christians, they're the believers, they're the ones who have faith. The right response is patient endurance and faithfulness. Those who belong to the Lamb will stick with Jesus even through hard times of captivity and even of death. Now, this is why John has been given these visions in Revelation. This is why he's written them down. He's specifically addressed them to the, the Christians in the first century who are in the churches in, in ancient Roman Asia. Uh, he was writing them this warm pastoral letter to encourage and equip them for trust and obedience of Jesus as they go through hard times, to encourage them in patient endurance and faithfulness. So as much... For those Christians back then and for us today, everyone who belongs to Jesus should expect no more and no less than what Jesus endured. Hear these words from 1 Peter chapter 4. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Everyone who belongs to Jesus should expect no more or no less than what Jesus endured. Remember, we follow the slain lamb. We belong to him. We should not be surprised that we will be treated just like Jesus was treated. The children, we're going to go and have a look at John chapter 15 here, and there's some blanks for you to fill in as we read these verses. John said to his disciples before he went to the cross, "If Jesus said, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. Remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me... They'll persecute you also. We should not be surprised that we will be treated like Jesus. Now, There's no joy to be treated or mistreated like Jesus was, to be hated, to be mocked, to be abused, to be marginalized, to be persecuted. However, knowing that this is one of the strategies of the enemy, that will help us to stick with Jesus in this patient endurance and faithfulness. Now we have one more strategy of the enemy to look at. And that is that the enemy deceives. In verses 11 to 18, a second beast appears. And children, there's a box for you to be drawing this other beast that appears. And this beast appears to deceive and to impress the world into worshipping the devil. Now in verse eleven we see that again, it looks like Jesus. Verse eleven. Then I saw another beast coming out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb. We're thinking lamb. That's 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 Jesus. He had two hand, horns like a lamb, but he spoke like a dragon. It looks like Jesus, but speaks like the devil. It's like the big bad wolf in grandma's dressing gown. It looks the part, but it's not. Paul warned the Christians in Corinth about the devil and about false teachers that look the part but are not. Paul said, for such people are false apostles, they're deceitful workers masquerading as apostles of Christ and no wonder, for Satan, the devil himself masquerades as an angel of light. The enemy dresses himself up like an angel. The enemy dresses himself up like grandma to capture Little Red Riding Hood. The enemy dresses himself up as false teachers and false prophets and looking like Jesus in order to deceive and trap others. You see, the enemy works through people who will draw a crowd. The enemy works through people who preach impressive sermons. The enemy works through people who write engaging Books that sweep people up into deception. Strategy of the enemy is to deceive. The enemy performs signs in verse 13. He performed great and miraculous signs. That sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? even causing fire to come down from heaven to earth in full view of men. And because of the signs he was given power to do on behalf of the first beast, he deceived the inhabitants of the earth. He ordered them to set up an image in honor of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. The enemy performs signs to draw people into false worship, to worship something that is tangible and convenient and comfortable and rewarding and is not too demanding but this kind of worship leads to destruction in verse 15 we see a contrast where god had breathed life into the beauty of his image bearers verse 15 we see here the enemy breathes the halitosis into a monster of deceit and death verse 15 he was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast so that it could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed those who don't belong to the enemy, those who, uh, wear, uh, or those, those who don't wear the mark of the enemy will be excluded, verse 16. He also forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead to show that you belong. Verse 17, so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. Verse 18, this calls for wisdom. If anyone has insight, let him calculate the number of the beast for it is the man's number. His number is 666. Now, all the way through Revelation, numbers are symbolic. And this number, 666, is a symbolic number that's meant to contrast with what you could call a trinity of seven. Seven is a, is a number that belongs to to God and shows completeness. And, and as God is three persons, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, 777 would be the number of God, this number contrasts with that. It is opposed to that 666. It is the completeness of sinful incompleteness. It's a symbol of that. Now you might come across people on the internet or you might meet them around the street, you might have these people in your families who try to take the number even more uh, Symbolically or more literally than that, to say it means Hitler, or it means my pastor, or it means Donald Trump, uh, or it means credit card numbers, all kinds of different ideas. But Revelation doesn't do that with any other number uh, in the book of Revelation. It's a symbolic number that means the completeness of sinful incompleteness. Anything that has the completeness of sinful incompleteness in it or is marked out by it, yeah, that is the mark, the symbolic mark of the beast. Those who don't belong to the enemy will face hard times. I remember Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in in Babylon that we read about last year in the book of Daniel. They refused to belong to the enemy. They refused to bow down to the image that the king had set up. They refused to go along with the crowd. They, they, they decided that they were going to be distinctive, that they were going to be marked out. And for that, they were excluded. They were marginalized. They stood out. They were grabbed and they were brought out in front of everybody and they were, going to, and they were thrown into the fiery furnace. That's a model of what it looks like to resist the enemy, to resist the completeness of sinful incompleteness. The right response for us is to know our enemy, to know our enemy, to go and sit in the grandstand and watch the opponent and realise what their strategy is going to be. Children, I've got one more question for you. What is the right response? In verse 18, to when we see the strategies of the devil, of the enemy, what is the right response? You've got some words, you need some letters to unjumble. Wisdom. The right response is to wisdom. Not to stick our head in the sand, but to know the strategy of the enemy. The Christian life is not blind belief. It's not to be simply swayed by what feels right. It's not just simply inheriting what we get from our parents. But it's knowing the strategy. Knowing the perspective that we get in Revelation 12 that Jesus has defeated the enemy. And knowing the strategy of the devil so that we can stand against him. There's three strategies of the devil. He impersonates Jesus. He slanders and persecutes. He deceives We should expect this, not be surprised by it, so that those who belong to Jesus can respond with wise, patient, endurance and faithfulness.